0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hi, welcome to Hollywood Crime Scene. This is Rachel Fisher. Hi, this is Desi Jedekin. Desi just turned to swallow.
1: <laughs> All the polite girls do.
0: <laughs> it was very polite. Thank you. Okay, so... We have picked out our winner of our contest, contest. our first ever Hollywood crime scene contest. And the contest was, we were, we really want
1: to get more iTunes reviews. So we wanted to offer up a prize to get that.
0: And And we picked out our winner. We picked out our favorite iTunes review from the last month and I will read it now. And the winner is a user named Lip Gloss in Black. (laughs) If that's you, please email us, hollywoodcrimescene at gmail.com with a screenshot that proves that that's you. Don't lie. Don't be shady, guys. Come on. Okay, and this is the review. Desi makes me proud. <laughs> one time Desi talked about how jealous she was of someone with a huge black bush and how she wished she had one because it's really hot. And man, as a lady with a big black bush who's way too lazy and indifferent to do anything other than let it do its thing... I felt that and really appreciated it. Five stars for this delightful podcast that's also apparently in charge of raising my self-esteem. Aw, that's so sweet. That review, we picked it because it warmed our hearts. Mm-hmm. We love making a difference in the world. We
1: want everyone to feel good about themselves, especially yeah. if you have a big black, black bush. It's right. the hottest bush. Come right. on. So if I had that stuff like poking out of my underwear... Oh, my God. I, someone, I saw something. Someone said... On the internet, I can't remember how to credit it, but they were talking about how if you have like holes in your underwear and your bush goes out like a little ponytail, <laughs> <laughs> but it like felt good. And I was like, oh yes. That's cute. Because I only have like a little like strawberry blonde curl.
0: Oh. So I don't
1: have like a big black bush. More bush
0: positive on this show. Very bush positive. Yes, yes.
1: So congratulations. Thank you and so much. And this month we're running the same contest again. And the book we're going to be giving away this time is um, about the Black Dahlia. And it's called Severed. It's one of the best books about that case. So if you're into that case, it has a really cool cover. So it'll look good in your apartment. If you invite a guy over, <laughs> he'll, he'll know what's up. <laughs> Not to fuck with you. Uh, so yeah, go on there. Even if you don't want the book, you can give us five stars. Because that really helps us be seen on itunes so we appreciate it and then we also have some patrons to thank yeah we do Mm -hmm.
0: so our new patrons for this week are chaz paula rosie kimberly beth florencia karen kelly and kimberly thanks guys thank you guys so much really appreciate it all right so well desi let's just get to our case okay this is uh, a, a doozy, to say the least.
1: Okay, I'm excited.
0: Well, last week... So last week, Desi, we did the Amityville Horror.
1: Right, and we're going to do that all month, I think. Right. Every week it's going to be a different horror movie and the real-life story that inspired it.
0: Yes, in uh, because it's Halloween. Yeah. Halloween like, season. You know what? We
1: have a theme, okay? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Halloween lasts a whole month. You know? That's how it works. It's October. Mm-hmm. It's the whole month. So... This week, we are doing the real-life crimes that inspired Scream. Oh, yay. Now, Scream is one of my all-time favorite movies, not just horror movies, like, all-time favorite movies. I love it so much. I just rewatched it again last night in preparation for this episode. I mean, I've seen it, like, a hundred times since it came out. I think the first time I saw it, it must have been when it first came out on VHS.
1: Right. I may have seen it in the theater I can't remember, though. I mean, it did, yeah.
0: it did huge numbers when it came out. It was right. like, I remember, like, the publicity before it even came out. My cause...
1: memory is that horror had kind of died down a bit as a genre, and that movie came out and sort of revitalized the genre a bit, Desi, especially Desi, in a popular yes. way. Uh-huh.
0: That's absolutely correct, Desi. Uh, the <laughs>
1: Thank you, Rachel.
0: <laughs> Rachel
1: put on her professorial cap when she said that to me. <laughs>
0: the horror genre did in fact was you know dead to a lot of people at least mainstream right. in by the time of the 90s and scream was like this phenomenon when it came out because it was all these a list actors essentially yes. that were starring in this movie and it, it had so much hype behind it so much publicity and it was really the it was also the first sort of meta mainstream horror film Yeah. To really do that.
1: It was sort of taking on like tropes of horror films from the past and sort of turning them on their head.
0: What else can I say about Scream that really hasn't already been said? Like it's an iconic movie. Like I could do the whole like horror movie fan breakdown of why it's such an important film, but I'm just going to give my points of why I think it's an important film beyond all of the obvious stuff that it's like meta and whatever has all these Easter eggs in it. Yeah. First of all, as I tweeted yesterday – Courtney Cox's character, Gail Weathers, one of the queer icons of my generation, I believe. Like, it's such a fantastic character. I love right. Gail Weathers so much. It's, <laughs> it's one of her finest roles. Probably. I mean, I, yeah. think, I think it's like her yeah, best. I mean, for sure. You could say Monica Geller, but it's really all about Gail Weathers. Definitely. Let's be honest. Uh, it has a young Jamie Kennedy playing the insufferable horror movie stan who know who's like a know-it-all he knows everything he yeah. knows everything and but i i always loved jamie kennedy in that role i thought it was like i liked casting. him then
1: but no, it's like at some point he lost his way oh Don't
0: no i think? get it i get it i he, mean he's
1: good in the scream movies and i was yeah. like oh he's so cute and then he yeah. kind of got like
0: eh. i definitely had a crush on him back for then. sure yeah uh and it also has you know that nick cave song everyone loves i mean it's an iconic <laughs> film. As Nev Campbell hyperventilating. Well, I mean,
1: the big thing is the opening sequence.
0: Oh my God, yeah,
1: that's just completely—it's iconic, classic. yeah, yeah. And I kind of brought back Drew Barrymore's career too. Like she was also sort of in the Amy Fisher movie, and like
0: <laughs> right. Well, she did Boys on the Side, I guess. in Yeah, 95. but I feel like
1: that one really kind of brought yeah. her back for sure. I
0: would say she was in a. String. It made her like
1: an adult star for like. Ever. I mean, she never kind of died down after that. Yeah.
0: I mean, it was iconic. So uh, without further ado, let's get into the case that we will be talking about. We are talking about the Gainesville Ripper, who is Danny Rawling. That's his real name. Now, Kevin Williamson, the screenwriter of Scream, I read that he actually was inspired to write Scream because this story was all over the news when it broke, this String of stabbings that happened in Gainesville, Florida to a bunch of college students is it's not the same story as scream But this was what inspired him to write the film Let's get into this guy's early life because this is a hell of a story and this guy is This guy's a whole mess. Okay. Okay. He is an entire mess Danny Rowling was born May 25th 1954 in Shreveport, Louisiana to James and Claudia Rowling Claudia married Danny's father, James, in 1953 at the age of 19 and became pregnant with Danny just two weeks later. James was not happy about this. James repeatedly beat his wife while she was pregnant with their child. And it should be noted that James Rowling was a local police officer.
1: What?
0: Yeah. Danny suffered physical and verbal abuse from his dad from a very young age. His mother also continued to be abused by James as well. In 1955, James and Claudia had another son, Kevin, and he was also abused by his father. The first time Claudia left James Rowling was in 1958. She stayed away from her abusive husband for six months, but after much begging and pleading from James, she returned to him, as is the case. Yeah, that's so common. Yeah. These guys. In 1963, Danny failed the third grade for missing so many days of school, and he had to repeat the grade. The school counselor said he suffered from an inferiority complex and a lack of impulse control. He was urged to seek further counseling, but he never did. In fact, his dad, James Rowling, was like, fuck that. My boy's not going to seek counseling like some pussy. Right. Like, great. This, I mean, Now he, he cares. Right. <laughs> his dad was just an all-around <clears throat> fucking shithead. I know this guy. Yeah. That same year, Danny's mother suffered a nervous breakdown and she was hospitalized. When he was eleven, Danny became interested in music and he took up playing the guitar and Music became an escape from his violent life at home around this time, Danny would also begin self-medicating with alcohol in his teens. Danny would sneak out of his house at night to spy on other families in the neighborhood and at first, it was like really innocent like I just picture him like spying at the dinner table like that's so sad with the yeah. sad like
1: right. wow, well, they're eating together <laughs> <Right.
0: laughs> their car- dad's carving the turkey right. <laughs>
1: Like it's Norman Rockwell right. kind of things.
0: <laughs> that's, yeah. what I, that's what I pictured immediately. But that sort of sparked his interest in voyeurism. <laughs> and, of course, innocent things don't last. Yeah, He was like, well, I should just spy on girls taking showers and stuff and right. changing, and, and that's what he did. He also began to start having violent fantasies at this point. So not only was he fantasizing about these women he was spying on, he was also fantasizing about, you know, Butchering people, too, as well. Mm -hmm. At 15, Danny attempted suicide by slitting his wrists. And when Danny was 16, his own dad had him arrested for underage drinking. After high school, Danny joined the Air Force, but was discharged for drinking and drugging and for stealing a bicycle. While he was in the Air Force, he was diagnosed with a personality disorder. In 1974, Danny got married to the love of his life, a petite brunette woman named Omatha Halko. They met at a Pentecostal church in Shreveport where Danny had found religion. They had a daughter named Kylie. During the marriage, Danny drank excessively. He struggled at work. And apparently, he had visions of Jesus and demons and UFOs. Okay. That's quite the combination. So she was like, I got to get away from this guy. Like, he was a whole mess during their relationship. Yes. So she's like, we're breaking up. We're getting a divorce. And she split from him in 1977 and he was livid he was like how dare you break up from me break up with me he took
1: his uh foil pyramid hat off (laughs) slammed it how dare you
0: i'm a catch in 1978 danny met a 17 year old girl at church named mary and they began dating so he's in his 20s i'm already disgusted yeah i i mean that this story isn't like a big part of the case i just had to mention it because it's like of course
1: yes He's like, I need to control someone.
0: Right. At this time, he was also committing a string of robberies. In 1979, he robbed a Winn-Dixie supermarket in Montgomery, Alabama. And just a week later, he robbed another Winn-Dixie supermarket in Columbus, Georgia. He was arrested and confessed to his other robbery crimes in Alabama and Louisiana. In July of 1979, Danny was sentenced to two concurrent six-year sentences and that October, he attempted to escape from prison. But he was caught after making it just about 100 yards outside of the prison. They were like, hey, you get back here. <laughs>
1: OK. <You know? laughs> I honestly admire people who try to escape from prison. Like, I don't think I'd have the nerve.
0: <laughs> it, it's very, you have to commit to that. It's a very bold move.
1: Right, because then you're going to extend your time, probably. Yeah. Right? That's how it works. There's I don't this,
0: know. There's this great show. I think it was Investigation Discovery. It was called I Almost Got Away With It. <laughs> It sounds and it's amazing. an incredible reenactment show. There's some episodes of it on on YouTube, I think, but it tells stories of this of people who've been like evade who evaded the law for like ten years or. more. I just don't
1: have that nerve that level of nerve to like evade the law. Maybe it's because i'm I'm pretty on the grid, like right. I guess if you're just like literally not really tied down anywhere or you yeah. know kind of a drifter, you don't really care like right. I'm like, I need to
0: I <laughs> need live to live a normal in with, life like, people. yeah. And this was in, I mean, and he was a drifter.
1: Yeah. That's who this I feel like was. you have to be at that level to right. kind of think you're just going to get away with things. Right.
0: In 1980, he was transferred to a prison in Montgomery, Alabama. While incarcerated there, he attempted another escape and was sent to solitary confinement, which is where he spent Thanksgiving. Like <laughs> 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 we, any chance to talk about a meal on this show, we will take it, and there will be more. Trust okay. me. Okay. Okay. Danny was released from prison in 1984, which surprised me that he wasn't – he attempted two escapes. So he got out in 1984. He moves back to Shreveport, Louisiana to live with his mom and dad. Shit's not good there. It's still the same violent household Nothing that has he changed. grew up in. Yeah. Nothing has changed, and the mom is still living with the dad. It's, it's a horrible situation. In November 1984, Danny broke into the home of a young girl to rape her, But he ended up not raping her because he felt bad. (laughs) I have never heard that before.
1: Right. Was that his story? Or did the girl say?
0: It might have been his story because he did write a book. Oh, okay. But that is something that happened. This is when he starts sort of acting out on his... Uh, sexual assault fantasies at okay. this point.
1: So he just goes from not doing anything but fantasizing then to all of a sudden just breaking into a house to rape someone, right. basically. In
0: 1985, he spent a lot of time sort of just wandering around the country hitchhiking. And in July of that year, he got a head injury in a motorcycle accident. Now, this was not the first head injury for Danny. He sustained head injuries as a child from his father's abuse yes and he had a couple accidents so this guy had like he had like over three different head injuries which the reason we mentioned that is because some people say that that's
1: like one of the three signs that you're going to be a serial killer right right? it's it's
0: a it can be a contributing factor a
1: lot of them have at least two of the three
0: right i would say around this time danny committed another armed robbery He robbed a Kroger supermarket. I mean, he's really just robbing all the supermarkets.
1: I know. I got excited when you said Winn-Dixie because when I was a kid, I used to go there. And I thought it was like the prettiest supermarket name. Like the other grocery stores in the South are like Publix uh, in Florida anyway. And I guess there's like Piggly Wiggly, like the (laughs) go-to joke uh supermarket name
0: that is the best name for a supermarket piggly
1: wiggly i mean piggly wiggly was something that always amused me and then it kind of became a go-to punchline right for like people who weren't even from the south like they saw it saw it saw it, saw it. they saw it once and were just like oh like it's like come on like yeah i'm from i'm from there i'm allowed to make fun of piggly wiggly
0: <laughs> fuck you so he robs a kroger supermarket and in 1986 he was sent back to prison his sentence was for four years, but he was paroled in 1988, even though he had attempted another escape while he was locked up. Dude. And so he moved back to Shreveport. On November 4th, 1989, Danny was fired from his job at a restaurant named Poncho's, and he was pissed. So he was like, I'm going to speak to the manager, my manager. <laughs> he- Excuse me. <laughs> And he gave his manager a piece of his mind. He was like, "How Ponchos?" Yeah, I don't know what Ponchos is. Me neither. But he yelled at him and threatened to kill him. Okay. He was not happy about getting The fired. manager's
1: like, "Well, I'm- I obviously did the right <laughs> made the right decision firing right. this
0: guy." <laughs> That's always my favorite is when you somebody proves exactly why you did what you just right.
1: did. I used to think that on Twitter when I would like unfollow someone and they would they would at reply me like excuse me and I was like well clearly I made the right choice if you're like monitoring who follows
0: you you psycho right I mean come on so that this night that he got fired from ponchos would be the first time he committed murder so clearly he was upset yes Danny murdered a family at their own home a family yes (laughs) Jesus Christ. Yes, Desi. He was like, I'm not just going to murder one person my first time. I'm going to murder a whole family. Wow. Danny had stalked 24-year-old Julia Grissom before murdering her and her father and her eight-year-old nephew, Sean, as Aww. they were getting ready for dinner. All three family members had been stabbed to death. Julia had been raped and her body <sighs> was posed and her legs were spread apart on her bed. <laughs> There were tape marks on her wrists and bite marks on her breasts. The prime suspect of, for the Grissom family murders was Julia Grissom's boyfriend, Hal Carter. Even though Hal had proof that he was not in Shreveport during the time of the murders, he was actually away in Atlanta, he had proof of this. He had a receipt from the hotel. He had a credit card statements that proved he was not right. even in the area yeah. during this. But police... Uh with all their fucking gall, had the audacity to issue a press conference naming him as their prime suspect, even though they knew this information. yeah, that he was not the guy. They were like, this is our this is our suspect for this case. And thus Hal's life was ruined as a result oh of this. My God. Yeah, this guy. So he lost his law practice. He oh, had wow. to move. I mean, this guy's whole life was upended because of this. And though he was never arrested or convicted, the stench followed him around for decades. Yeah. It wasn't until 2006, when Danny Rowling finally admitted to these murders, that his name was really cleared. Danny continued to be a creep and a robber. I mean, this guy's addicted to robbing places as much as anything else. And I don't know how he got away with so many different robberies for as long as he did. In May of 1990, he actually shot his dad in the face
1: whoa
0: i mean his dad probably deserved it
1: i mean i'm thinking i can picture how that went down
0: <laughs> how do you think that went down
1: i'm just sure that they were fighting about something
0: well yeah they and, were da- and
1: like the bullied person finally fought back right right you know he had a gun now he had killed a family right so he wasn't as scared right did the dad die no
0: he lost an eye and an ear but he did not die i mean that is like the ultimate shit situation you get shot in the face and you live right just fucking finish the job
1: (laughs) it's not a pleasant experience i'm sure (laughs) but i don't really feel bad for the dad at the same time i mean i have i have i'm saving my sympathy
0: right yeah i don't i don't feel bad for this guy in june of 1990 danny broke into the home of a man named michael kennedy and stole two handguns and the id belonging to a michael kennedy jr who was a man who was dead So he assumed the identity of this dead man's ID. Okay. Right. Meanwhile, Danny has just been robbing supermarkets and stores all summer. He's continuing his robbing spree. He stole a car and he drove down to Gainesville, Florida. Okay, guys, this is where it gets gruesome. Ooh. Just FYI. During the early morning hours of Friday, August 24th, 1990, Danny Rowling broke into the apartment of 17-year-old college freshman Christina Powell and 17-year-old Sonia Larson. Danny was armed with a pistol and a knife. Danny walked over to Christina Powell, who was asleep on the couch. He stood over her and watched her for a moment, but he didn't wake her. Mm -hmm. Danny then went upstairs where Sonia Larson was asleep in her bed. Danny got on top of Sonia and stabbed her in the chest. Next he put duct tape over her mouth to muffle her cries. He stabbed her to death. Danny went back downstairs to Christina who was still asleep. He bound her wrists and covered her mouth with tape. Next, he cut her clothes off with his knife before raping her and stabbing her to death. After murdering the girl's, he raided the fridge where he ate an apple and a banana.
1: That's what you eat after, I'm sorry. <laughs> That is insane to me for I some reason. I had to include
0: that detail because I felt that.
1: I mean, it's not that I'm like, what would I want to eat after I
0: murdered two people? But that just seems so. It's such a light w- snack.
1: Ugh.
0: Wouldn't you want something more that substantial? That makes me think
1: he's demented even more than the murders. Right. No, just, no, the murders are pretty bad too. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: well, the murders are fucking awful. Yeah. But I, I thought you would enjo- I thought you would enjoy that tidbit.
1: Right. It's gross.
0: Danny then sliced off Christina's nipples Ugh. and took them with him. Mm. Before Danny left the apartment, he posed the girls' bodies in sexually provocative positions. This would be Like his, the woman. Yes, this uh-huh. was his signature that he would He pose. would pose the
1: bodies afterwards. Right, mm-hmm. female,
0: the female victims, he would mm-hmm. pose their bodies. On the evening of Saturday, August 25th, just 42 hours after he murdered Christina Powell and Sonia Larson, Danny Rowling broke into the apartment of 18-year-old Christi- Krista Hoyt.
1: The next day...
0: Yes. This is absolutely chilling. Krista wasn't home at the time of the break-in, so he hid out and waited for her. Wow. Yeah. And when Krista finally did return, he attacked her from behind with a chokehold to subdue her. He then taped her hands and mouth before raping her and stabbing her in the back to death. Danny decapitated Krista <gasps> and left her head on a shelf in the bedroom. Uh. He made like a whole diorama of her body parts, basically. So he decapitates the head. He leaves it on a shelf. Then he cut open her abdomen. He sliced off her nipples and left those on the bed. And he also posed the body before he left. What the fuck? Yeah. I mean, this guy is beyond demented.
2: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care.
0: so not long after this right. last murder, I mean, this is like the only thing that stops it from being a spree killing is that there's like some time in between.
1: Yes, but, but it's basically mm, a spree killing. Right. But he's doing these one after the other.
0: Yeah. I and, mean,
1: this is like an unusual serial killer. Because usually my they mind. wait a
0: while. At 3 a.m. on August 27th, Danny broke into the apartment of 23-year-old Tracy Pauls and 23-year-old Manuel Manuel Taboda. Danny stabbed Manuel in the chest while he was sleeping, and this woke up Manuel, and he attempted to fight off his assailant, but he was killed mm-hmm. by Danny's repeated stabs. I think he was stabbed up to like 30 times.
1: Probably because he was fighting more. Right. right? Yeah.
0: The commotion woke up Tracy and she went to Manuel's bedroom where she saw Danny covered in blood. Oh. So she ran back to her bedroom and locked the door. I mean, this is literally right out of a horror movie. Yes, And totally. she's like trying like, to escape from this guy.
1: That the is sky. horrible.
0: Danny breaks down the door and attacks her. And she suffered the same grisly fate. But something had actually stopped or interrupted Danny because he wasn't able to really pose the body or take any body parts with him so she was left just stabbed just as her roommate manuel i it should be noted also it was no it came up a lot in my research that all of danny's female victims were petite brunettes much like his ex-wife omatha yeah if that has anything to do with anything but that was sort of those were the girls he was looking to murder Uh were these Uh petite brunettes Later that day, the same day that he just murdered these two students, Danny robbed a local bank and made off with $7,000. Wow. Very bold move right after you commit a double murder. Yeah,
1: you'd think you'd lay low.
0: No, he's, <laughs> he's like charged up. He has yeah. to rob a fucking bank. Wow. Shortly after the murders, police identified their prime suspect, 18-year-old Edward Humphrey. And we all know how good the police handled the Shreveport murders. So they pretty much, the police in Gainesville pretty much did the same fuckery with this Edward Humphrey guy that they did to Hal.
1: And what was their...
0: Well, Edward had mental health problems. Okay. So they zeroed in on him. And he had had a few scrapes with the law before, which were largely due to his mental health problems. In fact, he had recently been arrested for allegedly assaulting his own grandmother. His name was all over the news in connection to the murders. Everyone was like, this guy's a murderer. Mm -hmm. His face was plastered upon all of the newspapers. But Edward Humphrey was not the murderer. Edward's, Edward's grandmother had this to say. They're treating him as if he were convicted, tarred and feathered and ready for the gallows. But he didn't do anything. He's just another handicapped boy, and the law enforcement people are like hunters tracking down an injured animal. Edward Humphrey's grandmother also insisted that he didn't even assault her. A lot of the brushes with the laws would occur when there would be sounds of commotion or yelling. or I mean, there was arguments going on in his home, Uh but it was often neighbors calling and being like there's something going on at that house.
1: I actually, now that you mentioned him, Humphrey... I do remember reading something about him, but I, didn't, I don't really know that much about this case. Right. But I did remember reading something about him. Maybe I was reading about people who were falsely accused or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and there was a long thing, and I remember the grandmother.
0: Meanwhile, Danny has been sharing the campsite where he lives with a man named Tony Danzy. <laughs> what you can't even google this guy because tony danza just comes up yes it's like did you did mean- you mean tony
1: danza like, it's no like, no Am the it? guy who lived in the campground come on <laughs> tony danzy
0: that sucks i like that's to your think name. that
1: that guy is like irritated oh. like, everyone always thinks it's tony danza <laughs>
0: it's tony danzy
1: how what an annoying correction to make your whole life oh i mean he seems like a, probably a piece of shit so i don't really care
0: Actually, I think Tony Danzy was just a drug addict. Okay. So because he would smoke crack with Danny Rowling.
1: Oh. So okay. on top
0: of all this other reckless behavior, Danny's also.
1: Look how what's the cherry on the top
0: <laughs> of the Florida of a, of a mess? Oh. <laughs> right, a messy Florida life. Right. You gotta do some crack. Uh, Come of on. Of course. They would smoke crack together in the woods at their campsite, <sighs> where they would hang out together. But Tony Danzy's like, "Hey, I ain't no murderer. Like, yeah. I'm just a drifter who smokes crack." that's like Uh, the start of like a Neil Young song (laughs) (laughs) so while they were in pursuit of Danny following the bank robbery that he had just committed police had searched the campsite and found a bunch of items that would later link him to the murders but at this point they were just looking for evidence that he was the bank robber so they found a bag of cash and it was covered in pink dye which is oh Pink the the dye they have like exploding dye right that banks have to identify the stolen cash. I just read
1: about a story with the dye really, and I was laughing because they were dressed up as a clown, and oh. then the the dye exploded. <laughs> I was like, well, that worked. <laughs> it
0: ruined my outfit, <laughs> like your clown costume. <laughs> <laughs> so. Tony Danzy is spooked, rightfully so. Okay, and Danny returns back to their campsite, and he's like, "I'm going to turn your ass in." Like, what the fuck are you doing? So Danny Rowling's like, I got to get out of here. So he made plans to leave the area. He's getting out of Gainesville.
1: That's what they all said. <laughs> Gainesville is very close to where I grew up, by the way. I had like really? a lot of fa- a family in Gainesville. Oh my god. I mean, it's it's like maybe I don't know the exact, but it's up north.
0: Yeah. Kind of yeah.
1: So I had family in Gainesville.
0: Danny's like, I'm going to Tampa. And he needed to leave town immediately. He didn't have his cash because the police had seized it. So he robs the apartment of a college student named Christopher Osborne. He stole Christopher Osborne's Buick and drove it to Tampa. Now, on the way to Tampa, Danny robbed a whole bunch of houses and failed to make off with much, but he did manage to leave behind evidence like hair and fingerprints. So he's not even doing a good job robbing yes. these places he's just danny just lives like, his life so recklessly
1: if he's gotten away with anything it's pure luck or incompetence on the police department's part i would it say doesn't seem like yeah it doesn't seem like he's a master criminal he's no. just getting lucky
0: on september 8th 1990 danny robbed another winn dixie at gunpoint this time in ocala where is that that in, that's in, florida. It's in central
1: florida i okay. think yeah
0: so he robs another winn dixie that's like his go-to supermarket i mean Win i guess- dixie <laughs> <laughs> police were called and they got to the scene just as danny was exiting the parking lot in the buick this sent police on a high-speed chase after danny and the car chase ended when danny crashed the car i mean this car chase sounds incredible yeah it's like out of a movie or something also
1: you have to i've i looked up a picture of danny before and he is quite a (laughs) he's like almost exactly what you think he looks like right yeah i mean there's no surprise there
0: like he looks like a sad sack
1: that kind of like sad like even his things where he's like on trial it's like 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 a frown like i got busted (laughs) it's just like dude you're like a murderer you didn't get busted for like Taking a shit on the...
0: <laughs> Dude, <laughs> like, <laughs> he... This guy's attitude also is like, so poor me, poor me.
1: No, he the, every picture of him is poor me. It's I mean, like, and even some of his statements, he's like... Whoa. I know, it's like, that's why I find him to be a, a bit fascinating because I don't know many serial killers that are like him Like he seems like very unique to me, not necessarily like in a good way or anything. No, no. But there's just like something about him where it's like you don't have this driving evil force like some of these guys seem to have. You're very evil, (laughs) but like, do you know what I mean? Like some people just seem committed to evil, and he's just like well, sociopath. There's something, yeah. There's something like different about him. Uh,
0: (laughs) Hold it, because we're gonna talk about that. Okay. i'm saying hold it because the way you said that was very much like
1: i don't know there's just there's something, something different yeah there's something different about him he's not like other boys
0: <laughs> so he crashes his car during this high-speed pursuit he gets out of the car and starts making a run for it on foot Ugh! i would he, pay to see this i'm living for this police chase yes he runs into an office building. He's going to make his escape and he's like, "Go, you know, I, I just imagine him like knocking over papers and Right. Like,
1: and it's like finally like, "Wow, the cubicle's exciting
0: today." <laughs> <laughs> finally something's happening well, at the paperclip factory. <laughs> well, it's like the 80s movie where you just have the extras going, hey, "Hey, hey. Hey, excuse me. Put that
1: <laughs> Like they just stacked up the files perfectly. <laughs> they just organized all of these databases. And then Danny comes barreling through. <laughs> hey, God damn it. That took me a week. Right.
0: And sir, sir, sir. You can't go back here. <laughs> sir. Okay. So the police caught up with him in the back entrance. Mm-hmm. Like they cornered him and it ended. So he was arrested and while Danny was in custody, awaiting sentencing for the robberies, he was so angry that he ripped a toilet from the wall and threw it across the room.
1: Ugh, oh, God, he's irritating. Can't you just <laughs> picture this guy, like, he has, like, literally zero in impulse control, right. right? Like, I mean, I know he's a horrible, bloody, blood, bloodthirsty murderer, but it's, like, this type of guy where they are just, like, have no impulse control. Right. They're just so mad that Ugh. they have any, like, consequences right right also he still like knows he's a murderer right and he's like acting like a baby i right. be like the best citizen in the world <laughs> <laughs> at that point like right like, he's like How don't dare look you? further
0: well he wasn't even yeah he wasn't even arrested for murder at this point no he
1: could have been like the coolest like hey guys i'm really sorry <laughs> like i'd be like don't look at my
0: hair samples <laughs> do you know what i mean like right In September of 1991, Danny was sentenced to three life sentences totaling 170 years for all the robberies that he committed.
1: For the robberies?
0: Yes. (laughs) Just the robberies in Tampa.
1: Three life sentences for that?
0: Yes. I mean, I'm shocked. But I guess because he had prior convictions before. Wow,
1: that seems so –
0: I I don't get sentencing. (laughs) I don't either. It seems like a really – It's so random to me. So in November that year – DNA evidence was finally linked to the Shreveport murders and to the Gainesville murders, but he was never charged with the Shreveport murders because I guess they didn't have enough evidence for that, but they did have evidence, enough evidence for the Gainesville murders because they had those items that linked him to the murders that they had picked up from when the police were on his tail in Gainesville after that bank robbery. And in June of 1992, he was charged with the Gainesville murders. At this time, Danny entered a plea of not guilty. <laughs> of course. And while in prison, awaiting trial for the murders, Danny began correspondence with a woman named Sandra London. Ugh,
1: Sandra, no.
0: A true crime author.
1: Oh, this is what I read. <laughs> this is what I read. The
0: story is the best. Okay. 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 This woman. If you if you if you think you have problems with finding men with pick with being having a bad picker, at least you're not Sandra London. Okay, they fell in love. Of course, of course, they fell in love, and the pair got engaged just before Danny's 1994 trial. February of 1994, she had this to say: Like many women, I've had a weakness for good for nothing men. (laughs) I am insulted. I'm sorry. A good for nothing man is a man who's like maybe a little lazy or has a drinking problem. This guy's a serial murderer.
1: Right. And you know this. Like, she knows this. Also, isn't like a deal breaker there in prison for the rest of their life? Possibly death penalty. Like, dude. I mean, come
0: on. So, this is a quote from Sandra after she met Danny in person for the first time in prison. Oh,
1: God. I'm going to barf.
0: Get ready, Desi. I approached my meeting with Danny thinking I was prepared for anything, but there was one thing I was not prepared for. I had no idea what a fine-looking man he is. Instead of the broken and dejected loser I'd seen on TV, (laughs) standing before my hungry eyes was one gorgeous hunk of man.
1: (sighs) (laughs) I'm horrified right now.
0: I'm sorry, folks, but that's my truth. My maximum man stands an imposing 6'2", with muscles out to here. His color is bright, his youthful skin is glowing, his hazel eyes are clear, and so is his head. The, uh, the, The news footage publicized the courtroom image of him stumbling around awkwardly, stupefied by Thorzine, and seemingly lost in his own body. But now, my dangerous pussycat strides across the floor with a languid power, an instinctive grace that makes me highly aware that I am a woman and this is a man.
1: What a dumb bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Have you... Honestly, even if everything she's saying is what she feels, don't you have any decorum about, like, saying this about a man who murdered people? Like, at the very least, would you not say that just to make people not feel bad? Like... Dude, I want to, like... I'm not a physically violent person at all. I want to kick this woman's ass. Like, she's, I would love to grab her by the hair and just, like, fucking weed at a
0: catfighter. She's demented. She is horrible. She is absolutely demented. She even... I mean, she elaborated... <clears throat> this is an article from the Washington Post from 1994 that this is this is from. I mean, she she just goes on and on and on and on He's, about... Look,
1: I don't care. I've seen pictures of him. I don't care... Even on his best day, <laughs> this is not a good looking guy. No. He's like perfectly average maybe, but like there's no way you would look at this guy and be like, wow, that is a hunk of a man. Right. First of all, she is like a woman who read Women Who Love You Much, <laughs> like that self-help book. Everything she's saying is self-helpy. I can tell this woman has dealt, read a lot of self-help books and she's trying to use their
0: language right. to like make it work. Oh my god! I mean, it's like she's abusing self-help language. <laughs> she she goes on and on about how like he says such nice things to me. Like, dude, you need to fucking pull yourself together. She
1: reminds me of like the my aunt who like used to like beat me with a flip flop as right. a kid. Who like will post like inspirational messages on Facebook? It's like right. That's not you. Right. <laughs> Calm down. This, Just admit you're a fucking crazy bitch. <laughs> right.
0: This is such a front for your asshole. Like, don't behavior. use that
1: like self help language. Like, because you read one
0: Dr. Phil book or right Yanla. F- oh, this is from this is an excerpt from the Washington Post article. In the fall, Rowling admitted to London that he had been corresponding with several other women. She freaked. She was consumed with jealousy. Stop immediately, she commanded him. He agreed. In a letter to, in a letter dated November 11th, he wrote, No one out there hears from me unless you're my baby doll, says sickum boy. You see, my woman keeps a tight leash on her man. Hey, I don't mind, because when she plays with me, her gentle hand tames the beast. I'm Sa- Sandra London's man and proud to be. He ended the letter with, chin up, honey. London has a simple description of the other woman who wrote to Rowling. They're whores, she said. She refers to these other women generically as Debbies. (laughs) What? In honor of one woman named Debbie who carried on a correspondence with Rowling. She won't reveal this Debbie's full name. Debbie's not going to get any coverage from me. Debbie can get her own coverage. So, what does this Debbie do? She's a whore. Literally? She writes to my man. She's a whore.
1: Imagine doing this much for bad dick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's e- insulting. It's bad dick that's not even
1: dick because she's not never even, fucked You're him. not
0: getting that dick. Right. It's just pathetic. She,
1: she was with another serial killer, right? Yes. Okay.
0: Yes. Okay.
1: I remember. I think I saw her on like a um, she's, documentary. She's
0: like addicted to fucking or to getting in these right. relationships with serial killers. And she's a true crime author.
1: So she knows all these sick fucking things.
0: They also wrote a true crime book together. They did. It was about the Gainesville murders and about Danny's life. And Danny illustrated the book with 50 hand-drawn pictures that he did while he was in prison. Desi, I would like you to see some of these pictures because they all look like they should be on the side of a a van. Okay. Okay? And you know the kind of van I'm talking (laughs) about. Okay. oh my god i mean <laughs> it's like skulls and dragons and there's like a, a really great bald eagle one there's like a oh here's some wolves that he drew of course right these are
1: all things that are like sold on tapestries like in a desert tourist town
0: totally oh and one of the pictures he drew that sandra uh was bragging about in the article was a picture of her as a mermaid Ugh. and she's like that's me he drew that of me
1: that's she's an embarrassment to women she <laughs> needs to be kicked out of womenhood i'm serious she sucks also so bad. she's like not even going for a-list serial killers <laughs> in my <laughs> opinion right. like she knew richard ramirez wouldn't want her right. she's she's homely i'm just gonna say it she's not an attractive woman so she wasn't trying to get like the a-level serial she no. knew she had to go she's Florida. going
0: after danny <laughs> rolling yeah come on <laughs> In 1994, Danny changed his plea to guilty in the Gainesville murders. He was sentenced to five death sentences. Whoa. I've never even heard of that before. Just before Danny's lethal injection in October 2006, he wrote a confession admitting to the Shreveport murders. So this fucking motherfucking dick finally admits right before he dies. Right. He's like, oh, yeah, and I didn't do that. Hal Carter's innocent. (sighs) So this poor Hal Carter guy finally gets his name cleared after like two decades. Yeah. Danny just writes his confession. Oh, he also sang his last words. Ugh.
1: Yeah. It's like, could he get more awful?
0: He's just awful in every way. I
1: hate this fucking guy. Yeah. He's He's, horrible. He sucks. What were his last words?
0: Oh, God. Okay, let me read them to you. I saved them in my phone.
1: You're not going to sing them?
0: (laughs) Desi, I'm not going to sing them. Sing them
1: like Neil Young. This is a sing them like.
0: (laughs) Hold on a sec. Dude, his last words were like very like biblical okay. sounding. Okay. Um, so his last words were a hy- were a hymn. He sang the hymn in a way that a witness described as quote, haunting, repeating the refrain, None greater than thee, O Lord, none greater than thee. Oh, and also Danny was like very apologetic. During court he's like I'm sorry like he didn't apologize to the victims but uh-huh. he was sort of just like yeah I'm sorry about I that I shouldn't have done it right Like, he's I mean it is such
1: a weird escalation of a crime do you know what I
0: mean do <laughs> like, you want to hear his can't... last meal oh of course yeah okay so okay. that's <clears throat> as we all know that's the thing that interests me a lot with um, serial killers is what their last meal was and yes. this was Danny Rowling's last meal we can we can judge it now okay lobster tail with drawn butter, butterflied shrimp, baked potato, strawberry cheesecake, and sweet tea.
1: That's a really good one.
0: It's a good one. I mean, I
1: like all of those things. I like
0: all of those things too. I will contest the strawberry cheesecake only because
1: I need I, to know what kind.
0: Well, here's the thing about when you get a strawberry cheesecake is usually you get those gross gelatinous strawberries I don't on like top. That. And I don't like that. Do you know it's a
1: really good cheesecake? What? Sarah Lee (laughs) strawberry cheesecake. I was obsessed with it as a kid, and I actually was in the ice cream aisle a few days ago, and I was like, really? I'm a bender. just got my period and i had a really bad day because a man made me cry i'm not gonna get into it not a man i know by the way just a stranger man but i was not in the mood for yeah. it i was in the ice cream aisle i was there for 20 minutes because oh. a couple was in there and i felt really self-conscious because i was like i need to pick the right ice cream if i go home and i'm not happy it's gonna be really bad so i was right. like really deliberate right right and then i was like i should get a strawberry cheesecake and i was like the last thing i need to do is go and eat a cheesecake with a fork <laughs> That's just like a level of despair I'm not ready to commit to. (laughs) Because I I I was like, it's small. I will eat the whole thing probably or close to it. Mm -hmm. Like I'll save like one
0: chunk. To feel better about (laughs) yourself. To feel better
1: about myself. But it will be a sad moment in my life. So luckily they didn't have it. (laughs) Long story short, I didn't end up getting it because they didn't have it. It's a plain cheesecake with strawberries. They're not gelatinous. It's frozen usually. I can't explain it to you, and I haven't had it since I was a kid. It's definitely a nostalgia thing, but it was there's something about the cheesecake that's really, really good to me. So I I am curious to try it again, just to see if it's as good as I remember.
0: I love cheesecake. I just am picky about the cheesecake. I guess me too, because I don't like it when it's too dense and flowery. This one's really
1: light. That's why I think I I like like it it when it's
0: really airy and light and doesn't have a lot of flour in it i don't want it to be floury yes, tasting you
1: know me i'm really picky and this is like a very light cheesecake and i don't know it's just so i'm
0: gonna have to try it we'll,
1: we'll try it one time yeah it'll
0: be good we absolutely okay. should try it so that's danny rolling piece of shit
1: what a horrible person i mean that's really sad
0: what i mean the whole like him and his father it's like just a case of like just two awful deranged people and it's and his mom wasn't a serial murderer her mom wasn't no i mean woman. a lot
1: of people are in abusive homes and they come out with problems right. some of them or some you know some don't like me <laughs> uh there's various problems that people have to deal with but obviously this is an extreme end oh of things my God. i mean this is leave us a review on itunes and we'll have the contest again if you're the winner what was her name lipstick lipstick and black send us an email and we will send you your prize yes if you want to join our patreon uh you can do that we have bonus episodes for a five dollar level and that's Uh, usually four a month. Yeah. And then we have a $10 level where you get two full episodes that are usually about mysteries, macabre, like lots of cool things. So you can get that. Um, And then join us at our Facebook group too. People talk about murders and the crime and post pictures. And that's Hollywood Crime Scene Friends.
0: And then our Instagram is Hollywood (coughs) Crime Scene. Yeah.
1: So do all that kind of shit
0: yeah
1: (laughs) we like it we like it uh thank you guys thank you guys so much bye
2: Bye. when you make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers and if you have a lot of mailing to do stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer it streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient which makes you less busy